Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Truth Be Told Project podcast. Today, we're about to venture into uncharted territory for many people. It's a realm where unbelief meets doubt, tradition encounters questions, and faith as we know it may be transformed. We're exploring the fascinating and sometimes controversial process known as faith deconstruction. In a world where our beliefs often define us, what happens when we question the core of our spiritual identity? Is deconstruction a crisis, a growth, a liberation, or something entirely different? Whether you're a seeker, a believer, or skeptic, or you may be simply curious, this episode promises to take you on an enlightening journey through the maze of faith, doubts, and discovery. I'm Jay Wilson. Buckle up, people, as we deconstruct deconstruction here on the Truth Be Told Project, where there is no question that is off limits. Let's go! Let's go! Welcome to the Truth Be Told Project. We're helping you live by design, not by default. Before we get into it, I want you to meet my daughter and co-host, Ashley. Baby Ash, please tell a little bit about yourself to our audience. If you can, possibly share your experience with faith deconstruction and what caused you to deconstruct your faith. Hey, Dad, I'm Ashley. I got into the faith deconstruction space because I had an experience or an encounter with an individual that I was dating some years back. And he was like a Christian, but he like I fell into another faith and he was influencing me. It just caused me to get into the deconstruction phase because I was asking a lot of questions like, why do I even believe this? Why do I believe a book that was written over 2,000 years ago, like it, it was something I had to ask myself. But yeah, that's how I got into this space. All right. So as she shared her testimony with deconstruction, we're now going to jump into some Q&A that people have about faith deconstruction. And so, Ash, I know you have a series of questions that you would like to ask. You could go ahead with your questions. Okay, so the first one is going to be, what exactly is faith deconstruction? And why is it so common today? Faith deconstruction, it's a concept of where people critically examine and question and possibly even dismantle their religious beliefs. I think, in my personal opinion, it's becoming more common today because we live in an information age and people have access to information. And a lot of times people have common sense. We live in a scientific, naturalistic age. It's reasonable to question our understanding or interpretation of some of the things that we find in the Bible. So that's why I think it's common today, in my opinion. That's understandable. Another question. Have you personally had an experience with faith deconstruction and what caused you to 
deconstruct your faith? Honestly speaking, I've had a couple of run-ins with faith deconstruction. One, when I was a new Christian, I went to a church. Have you ever read First Corinthians or the book of Corinthians in the Bible? You know that that church was a mess, <laughs> to say the least. So my first church experience, I went to a church that would put the Corinthian church to shame. I mean, some of the stuff that was going on in that church, it would make you question Christians and even question God. But for a long time, I went through a process. It took about eight years to get over what I experienced at that church, being a new Christian, I would say it was what people would call religious trauma. It was a traumatic experience because it, it was pretty stressful and you were left with a lot of disappointment because a lot of times you expect more from Christians or people who profess to be Christians. And some of the stuff that was taught in the church wasn't lining up with what was taught in the scriptures. One of the things that I had when I first became a Christian was a passion for the scriptures. I found the Bible to be a fascinating book. And some of the stuff that the pastor was teaching and some of the activities that were going on in that church was not quite lining up with scripture. Oh, so was it really aligning with what you're being taught. Yeah. Okay. And so that caused me to question it. But I went through a period of, I would say, bitterness. I, I didn't like Christians. And it got to a point where I didn't like to hear about God. I didn't like to hear about Jesus. And never somebody would mention them. In my subconscious mind, I would associate Jesus, God, other Christians with what was experienced at this particular church, which was a bad thing because you know, Jesus had nothing to do with what was going on in this church. He was a false prophet. Just put it that way. He did not exemplify fruits of the spirit or anything. He knew how to, to, work, to preach really good. He knew how to get in there and hoot and holler when you're new and you grow up or you not, don't necessarily have to grow up, but you get involved in Pentecostal circles. You know, anointing and good preaching is equated with a preacher being able to hoot and holler in a microphone and sweat and just get people hyped. You know what I mean? And it it lacks substance. But he was a false prophet because he did not exemplify Jesus Christ or the fruits of the Spirit. So that was my first run-in with faith deconstruction. Another one, I wouldn't say it was more so faith deconstruction. I would say it was rather questioning it interpretations and doctrines, I would question though, you know what I mean? Because I was pretty, once I disassociated Jesus, other Christians, 
and stuff like that from what I experienced in the first church I ever really attended and became a member of. I was able to, you know, get into doctrines and to study different stuff like that. And also went to Bible college where you're exposed to different interpretations. Because a lot of times what people don't understand is when you go to specific churches, you're getting a lot of times you're not taught the scriptures. You're you're given your pastor's interpretation or you get the, the denominational views of a particular doctrine or scriptures. So once I began to get exposed to other ideas and other interpretations, it caused me to question a lot of things that I was taught at the church that I was at. Not saying that the church was bad. I'm just saying I had some theological and doctrinal disagreements with the pastor and the denomination. One key area was stuff like the rapture. You know, I had it I had a very hard time accepting and grasping the concept of the rapture. I could get more in depth into it, but I'ma just leave it at that. That was just one of the examples. So an academic inquiry. I didn't agree with some of the teachings because I began to study scripture for myself. I had developed my own understanding by looking at historical data, biblical context, all that kind of stuff. I don't get too scholarly. Okay. I think we've all been there. We've all been there. Yeah. I could see like a lot of my own experiences and some of yours Mm -hmm. right here. (laughs) But you know what? When we do get into this like space where we're asking questions and we're inquiring and we want to know more and we're like one of different sources and different books just to just to gain a little more knowledge or just a little more context or background about, okay, the time that they were in or anything like that. Just it could be even the climate at that time, just to get just a better understanding of everything. When we go into that space, oftentimes when we look to our leaders in the church or just anybody in leadership, it doesn't have to per se be like the pastor or anybody When we inquire about those things to them, I got some really interesting responses, which leads me to my next question is, is deconstructing a sign of lack of faith or is it just a sign of maybe your faith is in crisis? I wouldn't say that deconstruction is necessarily a sign of weak faith or a crisis of faith. I think for many people, it's a thoughtful process that leads to a more authentic and personal understanding of faith. It could be a part of your spiritual maturing process. I think it's a good thing to challenge your own faith and to question your own faith and to ask yourself why you believe this. So I wouldn't say that deconstruction is a... I wouldn't say it's a 
person that is comes from a person that has weak faith or a crisis of faith, but it's a person that oftentimes uses common sense. That's if deconstruction is not caused by someone doing something hurtful to you. There's a lot of people experience something bad from other Christians or other believers or what have you, and that that causes them to question their faith. And like I said, in a previous experience of mine, I questioned my faith because of the stuff that I saw in the church that I went to when I was when I first became a Christian and it caused me to, <laughs> to question the faith and even associate Jesus and God, the father and other Christians with what I saw this church. And a lot of times I think it's wise for people to, to be self-aware of why they're having a, uh, or why they're deconstructing their faith. I think it's wise to be able to know what caused you to deconstruct your faith. Is it into, for intellectual reasons or emotional reasons? And for, based on the fact that I talk to a lot of people who've experienced deconstruction, a lot of it's for emotional reasons. Another thing that I want to say is um, when people are taught incorrect information, like say, for instance, in the prosperity gospel, that, you know, if you have faith, you'll get thus and so. When thus and so doesn't come through like you were taught that it would, that could cause you to, to question your faith. And when people teach false things about God, the Bible, or whatever, it creates false expectations. And when people's expectations aren't met, they begin to question their faith. Well, it's, it's wise to be able to separate, to think logically about why you're even questioning your faith. Is it emotional for emotional reasons or intellectual reasons? So, okay. So like try the spirit by the spirit. <laughs> okay. So how does, you said something about religious trauma earlier. How does religious trauma factor into your faith deconstruction? Like, how do you move about that when you've experienced religious trauma? Religious trauma can be a, a catalyst for deconstruction when individuals experience harm or manipulation with their faith community. This can lead to questioning and reevaluating beliefs. This would cause you to seek to separate harmful practices from core spiritual principles. For, I'll give you an example. Again, referring back to the first church I ever went to, it was charismatic. And <laughs> charismatic, they have the quote-unquote five-fold ministry where they have a lot of prophesying and speaking in tongues and and I know from for myself personally, I see in throughout the week. I'm gonna just keep it 100, as you guys would say. 
I sinned. I did not have a perfect week. I had to confess sins to God throughout the week. This church I went to, you anticipated getting prophesied to because of some sinful action that you did. It could be a, you watched the wrong thing. You listened to the wrong thing. You've been around the wrong people or whatever. It was wild and crazy. Some of the stuff, but trauma, we have to look at the word trauma. Trauma is, it means you've been placed under highly stressful (laughs) situations for a long time, for an extended period of time. And that's how it was attending church services. And Mind you, this is a charismatic church where services could go on for four or five hours. You'll be in there from 1030 till about three o'clock, out and hollering, prophesying, preaching, more shouting, more hollering, more prophesying, tongue talking, all that kind of stuff. So it was a highly stressful situation to be in and i think religious trauma can factor into faith deconstruction as it did for me but like i said you got to be able to be self-aware and know why you're deconstructing your faith what caused you to deconstruct your faith okay Wow. <laughs> I was clutching my <laughs> That's a lot. That's definitely trauma. Like, yeah. I can imagine. You're going to hell. And God, come bring them to the front of the bring them to the front of the congregation. God told me to tell you that if you got 30 days, you got 30 days to repent, or it's a wrap. People in your family gonna start dying. Oh, and it was all kind of crazy stuff like that. And just imagine experiencing something like that Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday. And mind you, I was going to church probably three times a week. You would have Bible study, which could be a couple hours. Then on Thursday, you had choir rehearsal, prayer service, then choir rehearsal. Then Sunday you had uh you had church service, then that evening you had evening service. So there was a lot of experiencing those kind of proph- prophecies and all that kind of stuff for hours. And that kind of stuff can, can be pretty traumatic for people. It can make you uncomfortable. Nobody should be uncomfortable coming into the house of God. You shouldn't be worried about whether a pastor or somebody is going to prophesy to you. You should come to church to be edified. Now, don't get me wrong. Preaching and teaching should challenge you to grow in your faith and to develop more as a Christian and to mature in your faith. But it should not be a an uncomfortable situation where you're fearing prophecy or something like that it church should not be that for you so it's good to feel 
convicted. Yeah, yeah. But not to be like the, called out. Like this is your sin issue yes. specifically. There is okay. a big difference between being called out and being condemned. The Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And when you ex- experience that kind of stuff, when you're called to the front of the congregation and you prophesy to, it's embarrassing. It's It can be pretty traumatic. Now, no. you should be challenged. And if you are walking in sin, you should be challenged. But to be embarrassed and, and stuff like that, and you have to fear that, Every Sunday, because of a sin that you commit, just like everybody else, because you had to confess to God, just like everybody else should. That doesn't mean that everybody does confess, but everybody should be confessing to God on a daily basis, multiple times a day, because there's no human being that exists that is perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. Yeah, a lot of people forget about that. You know what I call it? I call it sitting high and looking low. Yeah. <laughs> Sinners, you better get your life in order. And you go home and your house is just all out of order. All everything is all out of order. And I remember dealing with people like that. And I would be in the cut to where they couldn't see me. Him throw a cuss word or two in their interactions and then you pop out and they like deer in the head like oh like yeah remember what you said to me look at you i mean that's why jesus said judge not that you be not judged none of us are 100 percent together we all need to confess daily and that's how it's supposed to be ideally but it doesn't always work that way oh yeah <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but just in thinking about that, it can be, I feel like it can be isolating just being in that space where you're just like asking questions yeah. and everybody around you is like, maybe you don't have faith or maybe you're just not studying or whatever. You're just in this, I don't want to say limbo phase, but you're isolating from like your own community in a sense. So, that space can be overwhelming. So how do you navigate that while you're in the process of faith deconstruction? It can feel very isolating. And then especially like when you look, when the church or whatever could be cultish, like when you go through that deconstruction stage and they start to condemn you, And, you know, you got a demon in you. That's a demon causing you to to deconstruct your faith. It can be very isolating. Um, But I think you should seek support from understanding friends, communities, or even professionals. Sometimes it's good to see a therapist to help you navigate faith deconstruction because sometimes we align ourselves so tightly with our beliefs that when we begin to separate or break down belief, it could feel like we're breaking down ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's all you've ever known. And 
it could be a challenging process. So it'd be good to get a professional therapist to help you engage with that. I, me personally, I engaged in a lot of self-reflection and journaling to be able to process you know, what I was experiencing in that moment. I tried a, a lot of meditation. I'm not talking about like Buddhist meditation where you sit, but reflective meditation. You're mindful of your thoughts. You're mindful of your ideas and you're, you're even questioning your questions. You know what I mean? Like, why am I questioning this, that, and the third? I think you should, most of all, be gentle with yourself. That could also ease the process of faith deconstruction. I've heard from some other Christians <laughs> that this is what I heard verbatim. You don't need therapy. You need God. So I, you can't get it. Yes. I disagree with that. But I've heard that, and I'm like, so is it bad to go to therapy? Are they just going to tell me something wrong? Is this against the faith no. to go to therapy? Or no, what? A lot. That's a misunderstanding that people have of therapy. Ninety percent of therapy is somebody listening to you vent and helping you process beliefs and ideas. If that was the case, if Seeking therapy was against the faith. Why are there Christian counselors? Okay, yeah, <laughs> because I've heard Christian counselors before. Okay, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think it's because when we join a church body, it's not, not all church bodies, but some of them is kind, or some of them can be, they can be very aggressive. Yeah with like your ideas and your thoughts and th like just that kind of space they can be very aggressive and yeah. like oh you shouldn't think like this it's like a we all think one way so that's a that's an eye opener because i didn't know that i always thought okay maybe something's wrong yeah maybe i shouldn't do that for the first time encountering somebody who was questioning their faith. <laughs> and I feel bad about it now, but because I didn't know how to answer, I responded, that's the devil right there. Devil. You, you dealing with the devil. And um, that was, uh, and that's poor advice. Uh, a lot of times we just need to get some stuff off our chest. And we need somebody to help us process that. You know what I mean? After that, like how, how can one rebuild their faith after, after the deconstruction phase and, or maybe they find a new path. Like, how does that go? What does that look like? Thank you. There's no, uh, we're, we're not monoliths, meaning that we're not the same. So our experience with rebuilding or, or renewing our faith will involve different things. I think it, it means exploring what is true and men, meaningful to you as an individual. 
Um, it may involve studying different views on a given theological topic or engaging with a different or diverse community and gradually reconstructing beliefs that align with the Bible and your personal insights and experiences that you've gained during your process of faith deconstruction. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, another question. How should friends and family respond to somebody who's going through this faith deconstruction? I think it's important to approach someone going through deconstruction with empathy, openness, and (laughs) non-judgment. Because critical thinkers are adept to questioning their beliefs. Also, you should ask questions to understand rather than argue. You should offer your support. You you should respect their journey. And you should foster a safe and compassionate space for them to express themselves and express their, uh, their mental state and their process of faith deconstruction. You don't want to run them away or condemn them to say the least. Is that why we have so many different like sects of Christianity? I think you have, that's the reason you have different sects of everything <laughs> from uh, Muslims. You have just about every religious organization has different beliefs. There's different categories of unbelievers. You have agnostics, you have atheists, you know, perspectives on any given worldview. So be dependent on the individual. Yeah, so we should just approach it with humility and respect to each other just as human beings. Because critical thinkers are always adept to questioning their beliefs. Okay, I got a hard one about... (laughs) What about the religious or the spiritual leaders? What about like the pastors? How would they support someone, say somebody in their congregation? How would they support somebody who is in this space of faith deconstruction? I think religious leaders can, can play a positive role. One way they could do it is they could foster an environment for people to que- to verbalize their questions and doubts. They should provide resources and they should be open to diverse viewpoints. This is what it means to be a pastor. And this is what it means to offer pastoral care that emphasizes love, compassion, and understanding. So what should they, what would you suggest? Like, should they have like a Q&A night? Q&A night, definitely. They should be aware. Pastors. Pastors should be aware of what's going on with their flock. And the only way that they're going to know what's going on with their flock is by offering them a space to verbalize their doubts and their questions. And then, to the best of their ability, answer the questions that they have. That has been my experience, and that has been 
the experience of other people that I talked to that went through the process of fake deconstruction. Yeah, I know a lot of people as well who who said that like when they have questions, they're kind of like shut down like really quickly. So it just makes them like walk away essentially from the faith. So yeah, that that would definitely help a lot, especially in the state of the the church today. Amen, church. Amen. Do you think that? Do you think that? The deconstruction is a positive experience? For me, yes. It has been very positive. But like I said, it could be hurtful for others who are experiencing it in in the moment because, you know, we align our beliefs with with our being so tightly that when we deconstruct our beliefs and, you know, whatever, uh, it could it could hurt at the moment, but don't stop with the deconstructing process. You want to reconstruct things that need to be reconstructed. That's a part of deconstruction that people leave out is re reconstructing new beliefs. And one of the positive things is that it could strengthen your faith. That's if you seek to answer questions. Some people are not seeking to answer questions. They just stop at the questions and leave it at that. But faith deconstruction could be, it could be very beneficial and it could make your faith very strong. That has been my personal experience. Oh yeah, just getting a, for me, I feel like it's just helped me get a a better understanding and just more of a more of a, a view of the church, God, and how I'm supposed to live out my faith, like just what it looks like every day, modern day. So it really helps me just put it into play instead of just you know, reading the words like, okay, the word says this and that. So it really helps me to actually put into action. It makes sense. But what are some common some common aspects of this space? That's a good question. There there are several different aspects and I wrote them down. The first aspect I see is a re reevaluation of beliefs. Individuals may reexamine their religious convictions explore alternative interpretations or questioning the very foundations of their faith. That's one of the aspects that I went through a few times and still may be going through them um, because you're always with new information and new perspectives. You're going through them. It's good to be open to changing or reexamining your convictions and alternative interpretations. The second one is seeking alternative perspectives. People often engage with different religious, philosophical, and cultural perspectives to better understand spirituality and faith. Another one, a third one, is challenging authority. <laughs> authority. This is, you see this a lot today. People are anti establishment, 
you don't tell me how to live my life. I do what I want to do. You know what I mean? So deconstruction can involve questioning religious authorities and institutions and the validity of sacred texts and doctrines. A fourth aspect is personal growth. Deconstruction can lead to personal and spiritual development as individuals reflect on their values, ethics, and beliefs. The fifth aspect is emotional challenges. Deconstructing one's faith can be an emotionally challenging experience, an emotionally challenging experience as it often involves letting go of deeply held beliefs and values. During this process, individuals may experience confusion, doubt, and even grief. Six, it is possible that deconstruction may lead to the construction of a new faith in the future. People may develop new beliefs and practices that are in line with their current understanding and experiences. Seven, which happens a lot, the seventh aspect is people just leave religion altogether. Some people may leave religion behind after deconstructing their faith, identifying themselves as either atheists, agnostics, or spiritual, (laughs) but not religious. And we hear that a lot these days. We hear that a lot. So it is important to note, faith is a highly individualized process. And the outcome can vary significantly from person to person. Some may find a renewed sense of faith, while others may choose to abandon religion altogether. Deconstructing one's faith can be a transformative experience, enabling individuals to gain a deeper understanding of themselves in their spiritual journey. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode on the Truth Be Told Project podcast. Ash, do you have any uh, closing remarks, any other questions before we close? Yeah, I do. I have one last question. Okay, then we should get out of here. What would you say to somebody who is they're exhibiting some signs of faith deconstruction? How would you like usher them through that process? I would say the best thing you could do is listen. <laughs> listen to them. Don't offer any advice. Don't, you know, a thing today is Christian apologetics. Don't even, don't offer any uh, apologetical arguments. Just listen and empathize with them. And if the person has questions, to the best of your ability, answer those questions. But just listen to them. That's all I can say. And learn to empathize. Yeah, listen, listen. Practice active listening. You know, don't know how to actively listen because we live in an opinionated society and everybody wants to offer their opinion. They don't want to listen. Listen to listen. Don't listen to respond. Just listen to listen. Okay. That's some really good advice. <laughs> listen and understand. Okay. That's good. 
So that's all I have for you today. As we wrap up this enlightening episode on faith deconstruction, I want to leave you all with a few thoughts. Remember, questioning your faith isn't a sign of weakness or a one-way ticket away from spirituality. Often, it's quite the opposite. It's a courageous step toward a more authentic, meaningful relationship with your beliefs, with God, your spirituality, and ultimately yourself. Whether you've experienced the nuances of faith deconstruction firsthand or know someone who's in the midst of this transformative journey, let's all commit to fostering understanding, compassion, and openness. But within ourselves and in our interactions with others, doubt is not the enemy of faith. Often it's the catalyst for deeper understanding and a more genuine faith. If you found any value in today's discussion, please consider sharing this episode with someone you might, who you think might benefit from it. We're all on this journey together, and the more we can support each other, the more fulfilling the journey, journey will be. So until next time, keep questioning, keep seeking, and remember It's not about finding all the right answers. It's about asking the right questions. Thank you for tuning in to the Truth Be Told Project podcast. I'm Jay Wilson, and you all know Ashley. Remember, you're never alone in your quest for truth. Until our next episode, take care and be kind to yourselves.